Hi everyone, we have an amazing episode for you today with Aisha Robinson. Please be aware that this episode does include topics of suicide. If you or anybody you know is struggling, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is always available at 800-273-8255. That's 800-273-8255. We're here for you and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, I'm Brenda and I'm Julia. And you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Today, we have on with us Aisha Robinson. She is a speaker, a model, a coach. We are so excited to have her, to get to hear her story. Aisha, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, ladies. I'm super excited to be on this podcast. It's going to be so fun. We're so excited. So first off, tell us a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from, and if you don't mind saying how old you are since it's Roaring Twenties. Ooh, okay. (laughs) So my name, as mentioned, is Aisha Robinson. I was born and raised in Montreal, Quebec in Canada. So we are neighbors. I am a Canadian. (laughs) I didn't know. Yes. Looking to venture off eventually into the States, whether it be in New York or LA. But yeah, I started my career of being a speaker, model, and coach based off of my life experiences. So I leveraged off of what I once thought as thought as my what would what was my curse mm. and I turned it into my biggest blessing. Mm. And I use the word curse because that is actually something that an ignorant guy had said to me once when I was uh, in a restaurant with somebody else that I was meeting that had vitiligo and needed support. So we're in there drinking our tea and he looked over at us and he's like, do you know you guys are cursed? That's why you look the way that you look. So now going forward, I'm like, well, I took that curse and I turned it into a blessing. Okay. Yeah. So ha. Exactly. Oh my God. Oh, that makes me like, just stuff like that upsets me so much. It's just yeah. Really yeah. crazy. But continue. Oh my goodness. So how old do you think I am? 27? 26? 27? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, like mid 20s? I'm 31. <laughs> oh, oh, you see, this is why you can't guess. <laughs> I know people think I'm 12. Okay, so. So. Yeah, people do think Julia's 12. Yeah, they think I'm in middle school, so you can <laughs> never really know somebody's age. I actually love it because I'm still getting used to being in my 30s. Yes. I used to think that like by 30, I'm going to have kids. I'm going to have a family. I'm going to know how to speak house. And now I'm like, holy crap, I'm 30 and I'm living in the basement of my parents' house. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's why we started this podcast because, you know, there's this, this whole stigma about your 20s and that you have to have it all figured out by 30. And, you know, we all have that kind of ingrained in us. And once me and Brenna got out of college, and we were like that's not that doesn't feel like it's gonna happen it doesn't feel like we're gonna get it all together right now it feels actually like a bigger mess than ever before (laughs) what do we do about it and that's why we started the show in the first place so Uh, you're in the right place 
Amazing. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I spent half my 20s being depressed and being like in the worst part of uh, my my mindset. And I turned it to partying a lot. So I would be out every weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just to get rid of that pain of not feeling accepted. So I would go out and drink, drink, drink and have fun in the moment. But once it was all done and over that, you know, when you like when you drink and you you get into your your feelings and your emotions and you start thinking about the worst things that would happen like every night. And I'm like, I hate my life. Nobody likes me. Yeah, you think it's going to take away the the pain, the anxiety, the thoughts, and usually it ends up making it worse. Exactly. Yeah. And thank you so much for sharing that, honestly, because I feel like it's a very vulnerable thing, especially talking about like drinking or numbing emotions in any capacity, because I think it's very common, I think at any age, but especially in your 20s. And I think that alcohol happens to be one of those things that feels like, I don't want to say not dangerous, because of course, there are levels in which it can be. But I think it's like this line that because it starts off as such a social thing that a lot of people can can turn to to a capacity. So thank you for being so vulnerable about that. And I think that it's something that people use to cope a lot, especially through college and um, all that stuff. And then I really wanted to just ask about what you mentioned with turning what you believe to be once a curse into your into a blessing, because I just think that so many people experience shame about all different aspects of their life, whether in your 20s about your career or not making enough money in your opinion or changing your mind or about our body image and how we feel about how other people think we look um, and what it says about us. Like there are just endless directions we can go into, but I think it's so beautiful that you've been able to turn something that once felt like a curse or that someone told you was a curse into your past and to inspire people through that thing. So what do you think was like the biggest turning point for you in, in making that shift from transitioning from what you thought was a curse to a blessing? Uh, where do I begin? Okay, so as I just mentioned, um, half of my years of, I would say, beginning 18 to 25, I did not, okay, wait, backstory. You guys need to know this, right? Yes, yes. So, <laughs> Take us back. Take us, tell us. I have thing. vitiligo, which is a skin condition that you see. Um, it's an autoimmune condition where there's just a miscommunication within my body that's saying to eat away at my melanin. So I was not born with this. I was actually diagnosed at the age of 18. So it actually started with a small white spot on my right thumb, on my right thumb, and gradually over time it became what it looks like today. So I have it as you see on my face, on my hands, on my elbows. I hope I put lotion on. <laughs> and on my toes. So as you can man- imagine, you know, you knowing you're, you're seeing yourself as mm. one full complexion, your whole entire life. And then slowly it, it's changing before you and you have no control over it. Mm. There's nothing I can do about it. So I think a big part of me uh, being depressed had to do with the fact that I had no control over it what was happening to me because there's no cure. They said that there are treatments. I did try one of the treatments, which is a lotion. It didn't work for me. Then there's like another uh, ravey light thing that you can do, but it's also not good for you because of how powerful it is. So the only thing I was left to do was be in my own skin and accept what was happening. It took me a while to accept what was going on. Uh, And I think the reason why is because everybody that I knew with vitiligo, they did not accept it. Mm. So so there's Michael Jackson, 
who apparently allegedly did the reverse treatment where he made his whole skin go white. There's this news reporter where he would spend three hours putting on makeup before going on air because he didn't want people to see him looking the way that he looks with his vitiligo. One of my good friends has vitiligo. Um, she's of lighter complexion, so you could barely tell. But even at that, she was very self-conscious about the way that she looked. And my grandfather. So me and my grandfather are the only ones that have vitiligo in our family. And I remember him telling us that he, it was an accident that happened. At, uh, it was a chemical accident that happened at work that made his skin the way that it was. So going throughout my whole childhood, oh my until, up until I had vitiligo and was like, Grandpa, bad story wasn't true. Okay, you have vitiligo. Oh <laughs> up until then, uh, I thought it was just, you know, a chemical reaction that had occurred. Mm -hmm. And he also didn't accept it. He, I remember he would come up to me. He's like, oh, Aisha, look at this new makeup that I found that I found that I used to cover up. So I really had no one to turn to to be like, holy crap, this person has vitiligo and they're fully comfortable. Winnie Harlow wasn't the supermodel that she is today. I didn't, there was no Winnie Harlow at the time when I was diagnosed. So going outside, I was judged on a regular basis from the story I just shared with you. I dropped out of school because, you know, it was just hard just leaving my house. The simple fact of leaving my house, taking the public transportation to get into school and then being in class and through that journey of what's your regular routine to have people stare at you, sometimes make rude remarks, became overwhelming uh, to the point where I said I didn't want to be here anymore. I didn't want to live this life anymore if, you know, people aren't going to accept me for who I am. And that's when my thoughts of suicide came about. Um, one particular event had happened and I uh, had the knife in my hand and I was like, you know what, this is it. I'm going to take my life because I don't want to feel this pain anymore. Mm -hmm. And what stopped me from doing it was thinking about my family and the people that actually care about me. And it's like, if my parents come downstairs and they find me on the bathroom floor, like I could only imagine how they'd feel. Yeah. So I didn't go through with it. And I decided instead to speak out and to ask for help. So that's when I turned to my older brother and I was like, listen, this is what I'm going through. I, I hate the way how my life is. I'm a failure. I, no one's accepting me. Like it was a little pity party that I was having. Yeah. And he basically told me that I need to find a positive in this negative situation and that nobody has control or the power over my life, except for me. I have the power to bring happiness into my life. And that was almost like an epiphany for me. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And from that moment, um, I just indulged in self-help books. The Secret, I don't know if you guys know the document, documentary, The Secret, that became my Bible. I watched it religiously mm -hmm. to just pick up on the practice of law of attraction and the affirmations and um, just telling my story. And once I started to do that, I realized that I didn't need anybody to validate me anymore. I was no longer looking for that external validation. I realized that it, from the beginning, it always came from within. As long as I accepted myself, then other people would accept me, not the other way around. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Aisha, I can't thank you enough for sharing your story with us and your vulnerability. It is, I know, 
has already touched so many people. And for anybody that hears it, it's going to be life-changing because I mean, you just changed my life in this moment hearing your story. It's so, so powerful. And I, I just love that moment with your brother that, that he was kind of like real with you for a second. Like, I feel like it's, it's such a blessing to have people in our lives that will be like, snap out of it. Mm-hmm. Like you are so much more than this, you know, everybody, you know, not everybody's story is as, as deep or as difficult, but everyone has something that like they may not like about themselves or that they may be struggling with at some time, whether it's mental illness or a body image thing. Um, and it's just, it's just a, a, that was just a beautiful reminder of like that we are so much bigger than those things and we can be so much bigger than those things. So shout out to your brother. Yeah, no, honestly, he was, it was life-changing. And I said it in the nice way. He was actually cursing the fuck out of me. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Important details. Yeah, I was like, whoa, calm down. Okay, I love myself. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. And for I'm, I'm curious for someone that's like listening right now, and maybe they're in a space where they're maybe having similar thoughts to the ones that you had and don't don't want to ask for help or maybe don't know how or don't know what that would entail. I think a lot of times asking for help almost in itself feels like a failure for people that want to figure it all out on their own. So what advice would you give them? What what would you say? Oof. That that was me. That was also me where I wanted to. I I can I didn't. No one could tell me anything because I knew it all. So um, I've definitely been in that situation before. I would say that it's okay because everything starts with you, anyways, right? So the foundation for me of everything is self love, and for anybody that is struggling with with their journey of self love, recognize that is a journey. First of all, there's no, I, I remember at one point I thought that like when I first got vitiligo, I was like, yes, I cured it. I, I'm cured. I love myself. Nothing could ever go wrong again. And then after another hardship would, would appear, I was like, that had me, you know, feeling like the imposter syndrome or doubting myself. I was like, oh, okay. So I'm back to feeling the same way I felt when I was diagnosed with vitiligo. What's going on here? I thought I fixed this problem. Right. And the trick is to having the tools necessary to go on this journey of self-love because there's no such thing as being curing it it's a daily practice it's something that you have to practice on a regular basis so some of the practices that I use with myself to keep me in check is I journal and I ask myself the tough questions and the questions that would identify to why I'm lacking the self-love why is it that I'm looking for that external validation. So once you get that in your mind and you start and you read what you're saying or what you've written, you're just, it's like a self-reflection and you're like, holy shit, okay, so this is what I need to fix. So I would do that, write out the questions and then I would write out a list of anything that I think I need to improve on in order to heighten my confidence. So for example, if let's say that, I didn't get a modeling gig because I was, I didn't fit my, my weight that I supposed to be. So I, you know, and now I'm struggling with that insecurity. Then I would go and I'd write, okay, this is what I'm struggling with. What can I do about it? How can I turn this negative aspect 
into a positive one. Mm. First thing is acknowledging it and saying, okay, this is what it is and speaking about it and being okay and accepting that this is what it is mm. and then doing the work for it. So, okay, if you if this is something that I really want, if I really want a model for this brand, then I'm going to have to lose some weight. <laughs> so do what you got to do. But definitely, I would say the practice is having that real conversation with yourself and just writing that list out of to what's the negative and what's the positives that you can bring out of it. Yeah, that's super powerful. And I think that something that really stood out to me about what you said was about it being a practice. And the reason for that is because I think we're, we're very quick to be hard on ourselves if we're like, oh, I practiced this thing for, I don't know, a day <laughs> and I don't love myself anymore or I don't feel better or whatever. And I think that it's about kind of pushing past this threshold of continuing to have this belief that the more and more that you focus your attention on certain things, the more and more you'll believe them in the same way that if we choose to focus only on the negative thoughts, um, then of course, those are all the things we're going to be fixated on and what are what will be our automatic response. But I feel like more and more, the more people we speak with, the more we take away a few things that you said specifically, like having a high level of self-awareness, asking yourself the right questions, asking yourself questions at all, and getting clear on what it is that you want and what it is that you need to practice in order to get to a specific place. Um, and it's just so cool because I think that the more types of conversations that we have like this, people feel like they have a level of guidance in, in how to, how to heal certain pieces of them that might feel broken, aren't broken, but might feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. It's so important. Yeah. I just, I, I'm curious as to when you first started, you know, down this self-love journey, did you have a lot of, did you feel like you kind of faced a lot of obstacles along the way like what was it like in the very beginning of your practice we'll call it a, a self-love practice like in the very in the very beginning were were there a lot of moments of like oh it's not working yet or like wanting it to work faster or feeling like you were wanting to give up on it oh that's a great question um yeah no I, I think I was just like I was at the rock bottom mm. so for me nothing could have there was nothing else that could distract me from my goal of to obtain that self-love that I wanted mm -hmm. I think I wanted it so bad and I had nothing to lose that nothing else around me mattered yeah. so my journey was it, it, it almost happened too fast <laughs> so I was like wait a second like you know, now like the law of attraction really came into play. And I was just attracting so many things into my life that like, I thought what I would never be able to attract before. And I think being in that tunnel vision and tunnel vision, and, you know, getting to that point where I was looking for that internal validation. Mm -hmm. I think it brought out the fact that when I would tell you guys the story, when I had told you guys the story about I would notice people staring at me or would make rude com comments, that barely happened. It's like I, I kind of like, like blocked that all out of my mind. Yeah, yeah. Like I was looking for it before because I was so focused on what other people thought. But the minute I started to focus on me and what I thought about myself, all those stares and that I was receiving and like the comments, it kind of just disappeared. It was to the point where like, I'd be walking and my friend would be like, do you see that person staring at you? And I'm like, what, where? Like, 
oh, okay, like whatever, not a big deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was a big takeaway for me too, is how powerful and how important it is to value yourself and to love yourself. Yeah. It, me and Brenda were just having a, a conversation about this literally yesterday about how really like your like how how important your thoughts are and how much they really dictate your outside life. And it's so easy to get into um like those negative thought rabbit holes and we're just talking so negatively to ourselves or expecting the worst thing to happen or preparing for the worst thing to happen. And it really is amazing how when you can do the practice of really, really working on shifting your thoughts, it does shift the outside world around you. And it sounds woo, but like I've seen it happen and we've gotten to speak to so many people that have proven it over and over again. And I think it's just a test of like, I know for myself personally, it's a test of like, will you show up and do it every day? Yeah. You know, because some days, some days are harder than others. (laughs) A million percent. And it's okay. It's okay to, I have, till this day, I have those days where I'm like, uh, I should wake up and do my morning routine, but fuck it. Not to this morning. Like, I don't feel like doing it. And I just want to be in my bed and just like dwell a little bit on like, on what is going on around me. And it's okay to have those days as long as you get back up and you keep going afterwards. Yes. Oh my goodness. That rings so true for me. I feel like if there's anything that I've learned in the past few months um, or year or whatever, is that we have such a tendency to feel like if we stop being consistent at something in our lives that we've automatically failed or that we're not disciplined enough or motivated enough or talented enough or whatever. And it's so crazy that the key is as I say simple with air quotes, because it's, it's a simple choice of continuing to make um, you know, to get back up, but it feels hard because we're already down on the ground and, you know, uh, ripping on ourselves for not continuing. So, um, consistency, just continuing, even when you fall continuing, even when, when it feels hard, it's, it's just like the key to so many things I feel like. <laughs> and, yeah. And we just get so down on ourselves. So kind of going off of that, um, what I'm just curious as to if you run into something like this, because I know Julia and I, now that we're um, on our own journeys in terms of just like self-development and personal development and stuff, I feel like there was a point where we weren't incorporating as many self-care, self-love type of practices. And now that we are, and we feel like we've gained this like high level of self-awareness, we feel super aligned, but then on days when we don't, we're like, dang it, like I should be, and I don't want to speak for you, Drew, but just in some days, um, we're like, dang it, I should be, I should be past this feeling, or I should have mastered this already, or, you know, stuff like that. Um, So have you come across that? You're like, and if so, how do you navigate it? A million percent. Oh my goodness. And then you go, you run down that negative thought rabbit hole and you go on Instagram and you see other people that are like doing what they're supposed to do and Mm. kill And you're like, how come I can't be like them? Why am I not as strict and consistent as they are? I've been through that a million percent. But what keeps me level-headed in situations like that is that we're all on our own journey, Mm -hmm. our own individual journey. So going back to the consistency thing where 
just the other day, Daryl was telling me like, you know, you got to be consistent on posting content, uh, co posting con content and, you know, putting yourself out there and talking about what it is that you're doing. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I'm going to do it. But then I realized that even though there's sometimes when I fall off track, what I'm consistent at is getting back up. And that's what's important. Yeah. I may have my days where I'm high, 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 high. And I'm like, go get her, go get her, go get her. Then I'll fall a little bit. But I have the tools because I've done it already. I know how to pick myself up and keep going. And that's my consistency. That's my personal journey. That's how I get through it. If you're those people that are out there and they can like, you know, not sleep at all and just work, 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 work. That's their story. And they might get to where they want to get to faster than where I would want to get to. But at the end of the day, I don't think of it as a race. I think of it that I have an end goal. I know where I want to be, what my goal is. And regardless, I'm going to get there. It could take me five years, 10 years. It could take me tomorrow. As long as I know that the ending is there and there's a light the, at the end of that tunnel, then I can rise above whatever it is I'm going through and get to my final destination. I love that. So Mastering the art of picking yourself back up. I think that Ooh. that is it. That is the title of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing that down. <laughs> that no, it is. It's so, so freaking powerful. And it, I mean, it's just it, gorgeous the way you said it because you never know what life's going to throw at you, right? Like, so much is out of our control, but being able to know, to have that knowing within yourself that I know that no matter what life throws at me, like that I can get back up is so huge. Yeah. I think that that is so important. Speaking of social media though, what would you, you know, we're in this age of like likes and comments and so much outside validation. What would you say to a young woman who is feeling like she's not enough because she's not getting a certain amount of outside validation, whether it's through likes on Instagram or followers or comments or whatever it is, what would you say to her? Ooh, I think I would say every, like, I think I had answered this question before. I would say the same thing because everything to me, the root of it all is self-love, self-love, self-love. So it's not a question about um, getting the likes and the external validation, but figuring out why it is you need it. Mm. And yeah, once you, I feel like once you figured that out, then you could fill it with the qualities that you need to not be that person that needs that external validation. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Yeah, it makes perfect. So, and again, that's another journey. It's something that you'll continuously work on because sometimes I'm still like that. And I depend on my likes and my comments. And I was like, oh, I'm like, I don't, like, it, sometimes it holds me back from putting myself out there because I'm like, I don't know if, if I put it out there and uh, I'm speaking about how I'm a speaker and I don't get a lot of comments and likes, maybe it means the career is not for me. I shouldn't do it. I definitely go through that sometimes. And I think it's kind of like human nature yeah. to feel that way. You know what I mean? But it's reeling it back in, always reeling it back into yourself and 
you know, working on your self-love and your, your self, your self-esteem and like just remembering what, what are your core values? Definitely. Yeah. That's always going back to that. Yeah. Definitely. And I think you, I, I appreciate you being honest about still falling into those traps because I, I totally fall into those traps. And I think especially when you're a person that wants to have a deep impact on others and are sharing such vulnerable parts of yourself, it's very easy to be like, ooh, okay, that didn't get as many likes and stuff. Okay, like nobody nobody cares or what I'm saying isn't valuable or what I'm saying doesn't have an impact on others. And I know for me, I get really stuck on that sometimes because I want to impact. It's It's such a big piece of a value of mine and through this podcast as well. So if it's like, oh, you know, that thing didn't perform well, it's easy to make that connection to that's a reflection of how people feel about the things that I'm saying and sharing. Um, when in reality, honestly, beyond, there are just so many factors that it could be, you know, it could not, it could very well not be that at all. <laughs> there's an algorithm, there's all these different little tools, but at the end of the I'm day- I'm sure I understand. Oh, okay. My, my, my watch. Just trying, she, she doesn't- oh, watch recorded everything that I just said that's- <laughs> <laughs> but overall, anyway, um, it's just so easy to get caught up in that. So I appreciate you sharing it because I think when we watch people that have made so much, like gained so much mental strength in the way that you have, it's easy to feel like, oh, they probably have it all together. You know, they've worked so hard and here they are. And although you've worked so hard and have felt the, um, the strength from the, the stuff that you've done, um, I think it just makes everybody feel a little bit more human when they're like, yeah, I still have those days. I still have those moments, but I pick myself up and I keep going. And these are the things that I do to get there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I definitely agree. And just to add to that, something else that I would say is don't look for the big impact. Mm. If you know what you're putting out there is something of quality, the right person will see it. Yes. And that would speak to somebody. Mm. I think we also feel that, you know, in order for our message to hit, it has to be viral or a lot of people have to see it. Yeah. A lot of my content, a lot of people don't see it, but in my DMs, I have people that's telling me, oh my gosh, that's life changing. Mm-hmm. And as long as I can change one person's life, then I've done what I had, what I said I wanted to do in my life. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So definitely, um, and another tool that I use and another trick that I do is whenever I do feel like I'm comparing myself to others or um, I, I'm going down that rabbit hole of negative thoughts, I go back and I have this on my phone. I have a, an album where I screenshot comments that or uh, like testimonies from oh, other people smart. to remind me that you're on the right track. And you're doing this for a reason and you're helping people. So I'm don't gonna... let the little five likes that you got on yesterday's yeah. post scare you away from doing what you're meant to do. I'm really writing this such down. Such a good tool. That's such a good just having little tricks or tools like that, you know, like we were talking about, it's all about just being able to pick yourself back up. So having like a bag of tricks and tools that yeah. you know you can turn to in those times when you are feeling down because inevitably we are all human we all get like that sometimes just having those things that you you know that you because you've practiced for so long every single day when it's a bad day it's okay because you have all of that behind you you have all the tools to help you get back up I think that's so important um I wanted to circle back to one thing that you said in your story earlier about feeling really lonely at the time when you first um 
when you were first diagnosed with your condition, since then, have you been able to find community and what has that journey been like for you? Great question. Uh, okay, so short answer is yes, I right. found community. <laughs> um, but it was not possible without me putting my story out there. Mm, that is so powerful. Ah, uh, man, when I started to share about what I was going through and my life with vitiligo, that's when I started to attract people that were going through the same thing that I was going through. Wow. So, on, and then people started asking me to start a community and they're like, cause there's not a big community here in Canada for vitiligo, but in the States, there's the, you guys have a day of the world vitiligo day. And in, when was it? 2016, I had the honor of being a public speaker at the Capitol steps of Washington, DC, yeah. speaking about my journey of living with vitiligo. There's, I think we're 2,500 people there all with vitiligo. Oh my gosh. I found my community. I found like-minded individuals that know what it is that I'm going through. Mm -hmm. So based off of all the hardships and the adversities that I've faced and I've overcome, I feel like it is only my duty to pay it forward and to teach people how to overcome their own adversities and how to even take a step further, how to monetize off of being your authentic self. And how amazing is that? Exactly. I think that's the best part of that is that I'm literally living my dream life and getting paid for it. And nobody's asking me for anything but to be my true self. And there's so much value in just that. Oh my gosh, that is so powerful because I think we're so scared to build, to tear down our walls. And one of the things, a huge reason why Julie and I started this podcast was because we were having conversations with people around us. And especially after college, you know, people get, or at least aim for these dream jobs and dream goals and want to move out of their homes and like all these different things. And Julia and I just had these conversations where we're like, I don't have it all together. And I'm kind of freaking out. And like, I feel this way. I feel that when we poured our souls out and we were like, shoot, I feel less alone by connecting with you. And, you know, let's add a microphone into the mix. Let's talk, let's see other people have to be feeling this. There's no way that it's just us. And we have found so much connection with each other, with our friends and with the community that we're building every day through literally just being like, I don't have it all together. Here's how I'm feeling today. And it's just been so cool. So thank you for not only instilling, I think the belief in to people that we can be our authentic selves and not only thrive and feel good and feel connected, but you can also like make something of it if that's what you want to do. So that's super cool. And speaking of, we definitely want to give you an opportunity to tell our audience a little bit about Born to Rise and what it is and what it entails. So go ahead. Yeah. So just going back to you mentioning that I mentioned um, feeling alone when I had vitiligo, that was a feeling that I don't wish upon anybody. Nobody wants to feel alone, right? So that's a big reason why I started to share my story. And when I realized that it was helping so many other people with vitiligo, I decided that, wait, 
listen, if this is helping people that can relate to me because of vitiligo, imagine if I started a platform where other people can share their stories of going through their own adversities. Imagine the wide range of the masses I can touch and let them know that they're not alone. So through that, I started the nonprofit Born to Rise, which is a community that we foster to develop change makers. That's what it is today. But it started off as a annual show that I would host with, we'd have probably 500 guests that would come in to hear speakers come out and share their stories. And these speakers, I'm telling you, they're not, they're not public speakers where they've done this before. A lot of our speakers are literally people that I've heard in the passing or that I know of that has mm. such a powerful story that I feel so needs powerful. to be heard. Yeah. And they would come up in front of, and to be so vulnerable in front of 500 people and just tell their authentic story. Mm. And the beauty in that is that when they're done, it's like a sense of relief. Like they, you know, they took something off of their shoulders Wow. And they say, I want to do it again. I want to tell my story again. And I want to help more people. And going forward now, I go on their Instagram pages and they're still helping people and they're still sharing their stories and they're implementing their storytelling in their business. Mm -hmm. So I always think of this one speaker. He has um, lupus mm -hmm. and he was the cutest kid. Oh. He was early 20s. Um, Oh, and he was just so shy, like super shy, but he got up there and he told his, ex uh, told his experience and that gave him so much confidence mm -hmm. that now he's a, even before he was always a fitness trainer, but now he ties his story into it. Wow. And now like he, now he's like the co-founder of, of a gym. And I'm just like, that's only because you started being vulnerable and people connecting with you that way. So that's what Born to Rise is about now. Now that I know people want to share their story and that they can, I want it, I want to turn them into or be part of the process of getting them to be that change maker. So how do I do that? I provide them with that platform and then I let them realize it themselves that you see what you just did. Do you see how many lives you just impacted? Mm -hmm. And then from that, they take the tools that they need and they continue on with with their own lives it's crazy it's it's, uh, it's beautiful yeah it's the best thing I've ever done and I'm so grateful for this diagnosis because I don't think had I not had vitiligo I would be the person that I am today right you would have never never built what you've built and it's obviously impacting so many people and it's just amazing like what you said before how we can really turn something that we may think is a curse into our power and into our purpose and it's just so it's every time I hear a story like that I'm so inspired and it's just beautiful and I it's also just so funny to me how like we could be so scared of being vulnerable but like the power of vulnerability is like so undeniable and time and time again, you see when people are vulnerable, how much it not only helps others, but how much it also helps them. And it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. So thank you for what you're doing. I think it's freaking incredible. Um, we just have a couple last questions for you before we let you go, Aisha. This has been so incredible. Um, you mentioned before 
that you have some routines and you're journaling and stuff. So what do you have other daily rituals, practices or routines that you do every day? Yeah, so um, my practices, I do in the day, in the morning and at nighttime. So in the morning when I wake up, uh, the first thing I do is I pray. I have to pray, I have to give thanks. And followed with that, I, I, there's this, I can actually send it to you guys and for whoever is listening that would want it. I have a, a gratitude tape that I made where, oh, I that. I, you know, thank you for grace. Thank you for life. Thank you for waking me up this morning. So I would listen to that. It's about four minutes long mm-hmm. and I would just give gratitude for what I already have. And then I would start with my affirmations. So I would say, I am powerful. I am ready to take on this day. I am ready to serve other people. I am here to live my true calling. And um, that's another playlist that I have. So that's how I start my morning. And after like, it's it's, it's funny because when I had those days where I'm like, oh, I don't feel like doing it. I see the difference. difference when you wake up and you start with thanks and those affirmations versus when you're just like not not today (laughs) so true so true yeah so those are my morning practices where I try to every day do them and at nighttime I would um thank thank uh pray again be thankful say another gratitude and affirmations again and I'll do my my to-do list for the next morning so okay um do you guys know mel robbins the five second rule oh i don't friend does great (laughs) i have to learn so essentially it says that whenever your alarm goes off or whenever you have a task to do you have five seconds to do it before you you don't end up doing it at all five to Mm -hmm. one so it's a practice that I've been doing for, cause I'm not a morning person. <laughs> like, especially if I don't have a plan as to what I'm making, waking up for forget it. I'm not waking up. Oh yeah. <laughs> Make sure to do my to-do list. Like, okay, you have to wake up at 6am because you have to do this. You got to <laughs> do that. And then in the morning, when the time goes, when my alarm goes off, I'm like five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Your task got to start. Like you got to go. Oh, I need to start doing this. I need this. Honestly, it's, it's so helpful because I'm personally one of my, I, I will, I will say flaws is that I'm very indecisive. So implementing Mel Robbins' strategy is so helpful because it's like, okay, girl, no time to overthink it. It's five, four, three, two, one. Mm. Why have you been hiding this from me? I, I don't know. I, I, tools. <laughs> <laughs> I need this. Where have I been without it? Oh my God. Great. Amazing. Love it. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. No. So that's what I do. And those are basically the, the rituals that I keep up. I don't do anything too complicated. I'm trying to fit working out in there, but I've been lazy, <laughs> but I'm going to get in there. It's going to happen. It's, gonna it's, gonna happen. Happen. it's on my to-do list <laughs> put it on the list Aisha you are so yet. <laughs> <laughs> you are so incredible um you've given us so many resources one one last resource question if you could tell 20s year old Aisha one thing what would you tell her trust the process hmm. 
I would just say trust the process. I think I was always so busy in my 20s, um, living up to other people's standards, including my parents and like their goals and their expectations of me that I kind of got lost in it all and kind of lost my way and my own path. So I, so out of everything that I learned, it's trust your own process and go at your own pace. Because like you guys mentioned, when you guys graduated from college, everybody was freaking out. They're like, oh my God, like I got to get a house. I got to get married. I got to, you know what I mean? And then you're just there like, well, I just, I don't even know what I'm going to eat. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, it's so true. It it really is, and it's it's so powerful. I feel like you shared so many tools with us today that really are tangible and things because a lot of people just don't know where to start. Sometimes, like when they're working on through their own process, they're like, okay, even when you get past the point where you ask for help or are ready to change, sometimes you just don't know where to start. So, genuinely, thank you for all of the tips for sharing your heart with us all of it um but our last question for you is where can people find you where can they find you if they want to connect with you if they want to learn more about you you can plug anything that you see fit yes amazing thank you guys so much for having me this has been great you guys are so dope this conversation was really good and i do really commend you guys for doing what it is that you're doing so um i looked at the other podcasts and the other people that you guys had on i was like wow like I hope you guys aren't looking at the views and saying like, oh, like I'm not getting enough likes because it's impactful and quality the information that you guys have on your website. So, um, or on your Instagram account. So keep, please don't let anything deter you from doing what you're doing because it is necessary and it is needed. Um, But as for me, the best way to connect with me would be on Instagram. For now, I'm in the process of working on my website, which would be my full name, AishaRobinson.com. And I finally, with the help of Daryl, gotten over my, gotten out of my own head and my fear of, you know, what are people going to think of me um, try, being a coach? So I finally put myself out there and this is what I do. I now help people overcome their own adversities. I help, uh, I I take my past experience and what I've learned and I teach people how they can implement it in their own lifestyle by using what I call the RISE framework, which is using R for resilience, I for integrity, S for self-love and E for for empathy putting that all together can ultimately get you to rise and be the best version of yourself. So I did the little, the little beta, the little demo with a couple of my nieces and uh, friends that I had that were struggling in their, in areas of their life. And it turned out amazing to actually see that, holy crap, my program actually works. And to actually see that it provided results, Mm. I'm confident to be like, this is something I can offer other people. So if there's anything you guys ever need, let me know, DM me, DM me saying rise, and then I'll get back to you guys. Thank you so much, ladies. Of course, everyone go give Aisha a follow, check out her stuff. She's so amazing. Aisha, thank you so, so, so much for sharing your story, your heart with us. This has been an amazing hour. I can't believe how fast it went. I know. Really? Thank you. (laughs) 
so Thank much. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Roaring Twenties Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.